They're caught up in the rights The Constitution, what's it worth? You know they're gonna grind us down Until it really hurts you know, that line in the start of that lyric uh, of Stand and Deliver, Constitution, what's it worth that Eric Clapton sings there? The answer to that question is not as much as it used to be worth. I think that's reality. Constitution should be worth the same as it was when it was written and ratified in 1787, but it's not worth as much today only because of how much they continue to take away from it. Welcome to Stand and Deliver. We're going to do everything we can to restore those constitutional principles and rights, make it worth the, uh, everything that it used to be and should be forever and a day. I'm Bob France, National Communications Director for Citizens for Free Speech, and I'm alongside... Yeah, Patrick Wood, director and founder of Citizens for Free Speech in 2018, and we're still here. What can I say? Some of our enemies have gone by the wayside, but we are still here, and we hope to continue to stand and deliver for your sake to bring you the message and encouragement of free speech, what it is, what it isn't, how you know when you're run amok of something else. But, Bob, listen, if I have something that I want to say, and it's just a pure, innocent thing I want to say, is it possible that my speech could cause violence to other people? <laughs> well, you know the operative word there, uh, and that is innocent. You said if you have something just innocent that you want to say, could it cause violence to people? And the answer, of course, should be no. But people will, those who infringe upon our First Amendment rights all the time, those who continue to try to collapse elements of the First Amendment, particularly online, they would say, it's not innocent if you say something that makes somebody else be mad at somebody else and that may threaten them. Even though you had no intention whatsoever to do such a thing, that is where we sit right now. So let's let's clue people in onto what we're talking about here, Patrick. And by the way, Pat's out a little bit under the weather. He's got a little bit of a cough. So if you hear me flapping my gums even more than I normally do on stand and deliver, that's the reason why as Patrick is fighting through a cough here. So he may defer to me for some of the information that we want to share with you today. And by the way, before I get into that too, Patrick just pointed out, founded in 2018, still rocking and rolling here as we head toward 2023, but we cannot make it through 2023 without you as a member supported organization, nonprofit 501c3. <clears throat> we need your help. We need your donation. Donations. We need you to uh, think about maybe tax-free donations given uh, at the end of the calendar year, which of course we are approaching. If you've got the means and you're looking for worthy beneficiaries of your charitable uh, donations, we can certainly use it here. So we continue, can yes. continue to fight on the local level, on the county level, at the state level, and at the national level, and quite frankly, at the cultural and societal level for all of our First Amendment <clears throat> rights that are constantly under attack. So we need you. You want us to make it uh, to 2023 and beyond. We need you to be a part of this for us. Let me, let me just share Bob, that there's, there's no such thing as a donation that's too small. I received, this will make you cry almost. I, I received a letter from a person. I'm not going to say, well, no, I'm not going to mention any names or anything like that. I received a letter with, I believe was a $10 donation. And the lady said, God bless you, whatever, you know, thank you for what you're doing. And on her check, it used to be a check, you know, where both her name and her husband's name was on. Sure. She didn't say anything about it. She didn't complain that her husband had died, but the, the husband's name was crossed off. 
And here literally is a widow that is struggling with life today, probably just making ends meet. And she sought to give us a $10 donation. I'll tell you what, that could have been $20,000. As far as I'm concerned, that lady gave out of her sacrifice. And, you know, what can you say? I mean, it's just, you know, yeah. So we're not, we're not so much into, well, if you don't give so much, whatever, you know, you're no good. No, that's not at all. Everything helps. It doesn't matter if it's $2 or $1 or $10. Everything helps. Absolutely. So do it. What a great story. And to that lady, we, we won't name. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. If you watch us yes. on Stand and Deliver, thank you. And thank you to everybody who's donated a, a dollar or two or 10. Yes. You know, and, and mm -hmm. if you are a person of means, and, you know, you can do a little bit better than that. Of course, we won't ask you for a certain amount of money, but please consider us. That's all. There's a lot of worthy, you know, nonprofit organizations and charities out there that are looking for some assistance coming into the next yes. year. <clears throat> We're one of them. We like to think that we're making the most of the money that we have donated to us. We like to believe that we're making a difference in communities by spurring local activism, by giving people the tools that they need to change things literally where they live. Uh, and sometimes we don't see all of the results of those. Not every act that somebody takes because of the things that they learn through our training or because the information they learn from our podcast or things that they learn from our website or our email list, all of the different ways, one of our webinars, one of our town hall meetings, we do a lot of things. Our newspaper, the Free Speech Statesman, we don't always see the results. Not all of those things make you know national news, but we know that they're out there because people are telling us. And um, that's what this is all about. So if you yes. are of means and you can give a little bit more, God bless you for it. We will thank you for it. And we like to think we will make use of every dollar you donate. In the same way, we'll, we will make use of every one of the $10 that was donated by the, the widow that Pat just talked yes. about. We, yeah. we will make you proud of what we're using it for. <clears throat> All right. Now let's dive into what Pat just said about, about violence. This is getting to be a very, very frustrating thing. Among the many tools that those on the anti-First Amendment uh, and I don't want to make it all political by saying radical left, but it kind of is radical leftism that, that tries to silence and suppress the voices of people with whom they disagree. We saw it throughout COVID. Anybody who disagreed with the efficacy of masking had to be silenced. They had their accounts closed down online. They had shadow bans put in place. All things we are finding out now that we knew at the time, but they're just becoming uh, confirmed by the release of the Twitter files. So, you know, anybody who said that you shouldn't take one of those poison darts in the arm because it might not necessarily be healthy for you because we don't know yet, because the long-term trials haven't been conducted, et cetera, especially if they're mandated, those people silenced us and said, you can't speak. And they typically happen to be on the American left. Now, having said that, that same American left is now targeting people for having any speech whatsoever, even if it has nothing to do with medicine, but it has to do with a protected class. And right now, there's no secret to this. One of the largest issues in America is the LGBTQ movement, emphasis on the T, and the trans movement. And this is going on in schools. This is going on in communities. This is going on in libraries. And just uh, what, uh, this is Friday, we released this. So this is four days ago on Tuesday, three days ago. Joe Biden held a signing ceremony in which he turned the White House red, white, and, or excuse me, uh, rainbow colors. He had drag queens performing there. They talked about the importance of, of, of supporting trans kids. 
when the whole idea was supposed to be about same-sex marriage, something that was legalized over 10 years ago by the Supreme Court. It's now double legal, apparently, and they felt the need to have a huge, giant rainbow party at the White House because something was just made double legal. I mean, literally nothing changed about same-sex marriage. It is just the same thing it was before. But the point of this is, if you found that to be criti- uh, found that to be unnecessary, and if you took offense at the president of the United States and his uh, supporters declaring that if you oppose same-sex marriage, maybe on your First Amendment protected religious grounds, and you believe that the Bible's teaching of marriage between between uh, being between one man and one woman, if you say such things, you are committing violence. You're committing violence against the LGBTQ community. If you say, you know, because of that same-sex marriage rule or law, now the president's up there saying we also have to make sure that we support the bodily mutilation of children who may have a little bit of confusion about their own identities after being exposed to so many things online, social media influencers, on television, movies, music, the entertainment world, education. So many of these kids are being taught, this is what you should do is look for a new identity. And if you say, we disagree with with removing healthy organs on top surgeries, they remove healthy women's breasts or young girls' breasts, remove their, their bodily organs on the bottom side. And if we say we, we oppose that, they say, you're committing violence. We're committing violence. If you say you oppose these things, that means you are against the LGBTQ community, and that inspires people to go hurt them. Patrick, yeah. this is about as absurd as it gets. It's yeah. one thing to censor us because of what they will call misinformation on medical grounds, on climate change, on COVID, all of these things. But now we can't even express even express that we would like children to not have their bodies mutilated by surgeries that are unnecessary and unsupported by their young minds because they're not even old enough to make decisions on things at that age. If you express that now, suddenly we're committing violent acts or we are inciting violent acts against LGBTQ supporters in the community. That is so dangerous. It's hard to quantify. Go ahead. It it is. And the the fact that, that, well, there's two parts here clearly, but the fact that you say something on one hand may offend somebody that you're speaking to directly. That's always been the case, of course, but Mm -hmm. If you say something in your own conversations with friends, et cetera, et cetera, with no respect to anybody else, nobody else is around to hear you, yet the argument would go, well, number one, you said something that's like hateful and could harm somebody, but worse than that, you're causing other people, other people, the second generation, you're causing other people to do violence against that person, which is patently absurd, absolutely patently absurd. What I say can in no way be attached to the responsibility of a third party to do something to a fourth party. Never has been, never will be, would never stand up in a court of law in 10,000 years. And yet this is the argument now. This is the argument. You know, you might say, even if they might say, even well, even if you have the right to say that, you have no right to incite that person over there to cause harm to that person yet further over there. And who's going to believe, who's going to believe this? I mean, you think about it just for a minute on the, after the surface of it, 
patently absurd, makes no sense whatsoever, but they're trying to make it stick. Do you remember the case? Um, I want to say 2020 ish, maybe 2019 of the girl, the teenage girl, maybe a little older than teenage, maybe young twenties. Um, and her boyfriend who was despondent over their breakup, who was in a, the throes of some deep depression and expressed to her that he was considering suicide. Now, I'm, I'm going to be very gentle with this. Of course, suicide is such an important uh, and, and, you know, yes. horrific topic that is sadly becoming yes, far too prevalent in today's society. Yep. So, so I, I say this with, with all of the, the, the respect I can possibly muster here. The young man told the girl that he was considering that. And she decided she was going to encourage it. And she was on the phone with him and she was telling him, do it, just do it. You don't want to live like this. You don't want to be like that. Just go out. And she, I mean, the, the degree of the, the detail rather that she used. And I think talking him through going out to the garage, starting the car, putting a garden hose from the exhaust pipe in up into the windows. He just completely talked to her. There was a massive trial over that. And it was a huge controversial issue. He did what he chose to do. She didn't pick up the hose. She didn't start the car. She was on the phone with him. She, she encouraged him to do this. And the question became, does free speech allow her to say things like that? Knowing that somebody is following her advice, does this make her an accessory to his death? And a jury found that it did. That's a very, very extreme example, Patrick, of what they are trying to do now. If right. you go on Twitter and say, I disagree with what Biden just signed. I disagree with the idea that just because same sex is legalized that I have to also now support the bodily mutilation of a confused kid uh, rather than letting that person grow up, hit puberty, you know, realize who and what they are and go on with their adult lives. If I say those things, somebody somewhere might go out and do something radical to somebody else. That's what they're trying to do. They're trying to equate those two types of scenarios where spoken words lead directly to violence. And yeah. Patrick, they could, they, there could not be, I mean, it's a Grand Canyon sized leap to get from one of those stories to the other. It is. And I, I think maybe the word, the, the propaganda type word to use here is deflection. When, when, when the attempt is made to deflect your, your own blame to somebody else or some other group, then, uh, you know, well, it's, that's not right, obviously, but they're deflecting personal responsibility away from the people um, <clears throat> that are truly being irresponsible and making other people shoulder the blame for it, taking the, taking the fall for it. And for what reason, like, though? And what, what's the well, goal? I know. That's the, I know. The, the goal is to demonize yeah. the words of the other side so that they are yes. afraid to say them. If That's you right. can pin violent acts on them for things that they said that they had nothing to do with, yes. nothing to do with the actual, but if you can make people afraid, guess what you've done? Mm -hmm. You've won. You've won the argument by silencing the opposition, not yes. by the, not by what, what Twitter was doing, the shadow ban, the, the uh, temporary suspension of accounts to the outright uh, elimination of accounts. No, 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 no. Much more subtle than that. Now you have just scared people into silence. I'm about to tweet yeah. something that I believe, but if it's 
if it's against someone else and then something happens to a member of that marginalized community, they're going to come back at me and say, people like you just incited and inspired that violence. Uh, I think I'll go backspace, 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 uh, delete. I'm not going to say that. Now you've won the argument. You have silenced somebody through your propaganda and through your um, you know demonization of words. Yes. Well, I, the bottom line of this, Bob, is don't ever shut up. Don't self-censor. Don't self-shut up because you're afraid of what somebody else might think. If you have something to contribute to a conversation, you should contribute and let the chips fall where they may. That's that's my view of the whole thing. Not to be mean-spirited you know, yeah. at all, but you know, not to be mean to anybody or or say derogatory things. I think that's inappropriate in any case. Uh, just to make you know ad hominem attacks on somebody is stupid. That doesn't work. Uh, never has. I mean, that's just being rude. <clears throat> but you you have an obligation to speak as an American citizen. You have an obligation to be part of the civic discourse. And this is part of the civic discourse. When this is the this is the area that we're trying to reclaim in America right now. It's so messed up. It's just not even funny. But we need to reclaim this middle ground to allow discussion to take place because if we don't, there will be nothing but conflict in our future, literally. So, you know, when the when the well, true communication stops, that's when the real dissension starts picking up. You know, you know, Pat, we, we can kind of build on this conversation a little bit here by talking about hate speech. Um, what the again, the radical left, which just cannot stand Elon Musk because he has brought you know, a, a modicum of free speech back uh, to, to Twitter. And in fact, a huge amount of it, a ton of people have had their accounts restored that had them canceled for no reason whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And um, one of the things that they're trying to do is say, since Elon Musk has taken over Twitter, hate speech has been on the rise. And they'll actually make up percentages and saying there's 37% more hate speech on it now uh, than there was before Elon Musk took over. Now, they're making these up quite literally. As a matter of fact, Elon Musk, who is actually have, having his staff, um, you know, set up algorithms to flag words and so on and so forth that might be considered hateful. And he said literally by their own statistical analysis, it has dropped precipitously since a whole lot of people who engaged in it left when he took over. But I want to bring it up, Patrick, because here's the thing we as First Amendment protectors and defenders, that's what we call ourselves, defenders of the First Amendment and citizens for free speech. We have to make very, very clear that while we don't encourage hate speech, and you're not doing that at all by saying, don't be afraid, never back down, say what you have to say. You're not saying we should use profane vile, insulting language toward people of a certain sexual orientation or a certain race or a certain ethnicity, nationality, or anything of that nature. We're not saying engage in hate speech. But, but the reality is, and we have to say this, hate speech is the reason the First Amendment exists. If, if all we had was flowery speech for one another, we wouldn't need a First Amendment to defend people's speech. Offensive speech, sometimes known as hate speech, is exactly why the First Amendment exists, because nobody knows what is going to be offensive to everybody. What you might find offensive, Pat, I might not. What I might find offensive, you know, 10 of the people watching or listening to this podcast right now might not. 10 might. 
But you know what? That can't be our problem is to try to figure out which of the people who are going to hear my voice voice or read my words are going to be offended when which are not. I have to have the freedom and do you as do every one of those individuals to say it, even if it might offend some people and some people might call it hateful. The first amendment says, yes, we can say those things because we cannot possibly get inside the head of every person who receives our messaging through oral auditory or written formats. We cannot get inside their heads and figure out what they deem to be hateful. And that's why it has to be protected. Yes, you're absolutely right. You know, I remember years ago, I'm, I'm not going to mention a city name. I'm not going to mention people's names, but it's years ago, I was in a major city uh, in Northern California. I won't say which one, but there's several up there. And I was walking down the street and somebody approached me that clearly looked like a little, like he was off, just uh, dis- disheveled, um, saying things, kind of muttering to himself. And he saw me coming for some reason. He decided he's going to take, uh, you know, start saying things to me. And it was bizarre. It wasn't John I Fetterman, was, was it? Pardon? No. It wasn't John <laughs> Fetterman, was it? Oh, no, 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 no. I'm sorry, but everything you just described <laughs> is an incoming senator from yeah, Pennsylvania. It's, it's a remarkable yeah, you, thing. It really is. Yeah. Everything you just yeah. described fits him. Yeah. But I'm sorry, continue. So it wasn't John <laughs> Fetterman, but he starts talking. Yeah. So here's the thing. I mean, this, this, this kind of gives you a rise in anxiety level. You know, you have to walk past the guy. What if he, you know, like if you're thinking stuff like, what if he, you know, takes a swing at me or something? Sure. Cause you don't know. No. <laughs> and the guy's like, rah, 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 rah. you know, whatever he's saying is, doesn't make any sense. At least to me, it probably makes sense to him, but not to me. You know, I don't stop, pick a fight with a guy and drop them to the ground. I don't do that. I'm sorry that the guy's homeless and I'm sorry that the guy's, you know, deranged. He has obviously has mental problems. He needs help. And he, but nevertheless, he's yelling at me. You know what I do? I walk on period. I walk on. There's nothing else to say. I don't engage him. I don't yell at him. I don't tell him to shut up. You know, I don't try and intimidate him in some way to where he'll leave me alone. Nothing like that. You'll walk on. This is the way all speech should be in a sense. If you don't like what somebody's saying, walk on. Just zip your lip and walk on down the road. This is not hard. This has been the way of life as far as I've ever been on this planet. This has been the way of life forever. And there's always been people that you would take exception with with web for the internet for sure. But, you know, people that are carrying signs on the street and they're out there passing out, you know, crazy literature and stuff, or just, you know, kind of sitting on the corner over there with a tin cup drooling or whatever, you know, there's been crazy people that just, you don't want to talk to for whatever reason, just walk on. You don't have to be rude. You don't have to be mean spirited. You don't have to be harmful in any way. Just smile and walk on. If we could just somehow reconstitute that in America today, we would solve 99% of the problems that we're talking about today. I think a large part about what you're talking about too, though, when you decide to just walk on is decide what the risk reward factor is here. If I don't walk on, what's the reward. If I try to talk to a guy that I think, I think you described him as being off. What's the reward. If I try to respond to what he is saying, 
none. I'm not going to get anywhere. He's not going to understand it. He's not going to want to hear it. He's a little off. It's just going to be pointless. I walk on. If I am talking to somebody who isn't quote unquote off in a manner you're describing where it's kind of, you know, visually and audibly obvious that the person isn't quite all there, but it's somebody that is very, very angry and is very, very loud with their opinions. And they may really offend me. And they may really, really be something I am diametrically opposed to. And I'm very, 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 you know, sincere about if I realize that there is no reward here either, because there's nothing that I can say is going to change that guy's angry, aggressive mind. Walk on. Now, if somebody is saying something to me that I find a little bit triggering and I find a little bit offensive, but they're saying it in a manner that is the word you used a moment ago, Pat, civil discourse. If they're civil and they're saying something I disagree with, I might not walk on. I might say, have you considered the other side of that? And maybe mm-hmm. see if we can engage in dialogue. Right. Because what we try to promote at CFFS is dialogue. It's it's the reason we have, you know, citizen ninja training and ability to communicate in a small, uh, you know, one-on-one or in a small group setting without losing your temper, without forcing the other person to lose their temper, to engage in that. If you find that something might be, there might be a reward there, you can take a little risk and say, can I give you another way to look at that? What do you think of this? What do you think of that? Right. And who knows, you may part ways getting a little bit of a new way, both of you. May, may walk away thinking about things a little bit differently. And now you have a very high reward there for what was a very low risk. So you have to evaluate that. And if, if, the, if you realize that that just cannot happen, it, there, there's no risk that makes that reward, which is not existent, yeah. worth it. You just, yeah. as you say, walk on. Know, know when, when a situation is hopeless and know when there's something that might be actually beneficial to discourse, which we have to get back to in this country. We cannot live in this div- divisive uh, echo chamber of ours where we only talk to the people we agree with forever. We just cannot, not in survive anyway. No, we can't. I remember back when AM radio was the big thing and people would say, well, I don't like that was? music, music, whatever. And people would say, well, just turn the dial. <laughs> just find something you do like, you know, you don't like, you don't like jazz or you don't like country music. Okay, fine. Just turn the dial and find That's something right. you do like. And if you don't like anything, turn the radio off. I'm sorry. You just caught me when you said back when AM radio was a big thing. I, <laughs> I, I kind of still feel like it's a big thing as I've been yes, in it, it for 25 years now. But, yes. <laughs> but your point well, there is was so a, spot There on. was a day when, when AM radio was the only thing <laughs> for sure. And that, that was pretty much it. Um, <laughs> today we have lots of options, of course, in addition to AM radio, but. Yeah. But there was a day I can remember, I can remember people saying, saying that to me, even my, even my parents, uh, you know, in the car, I'd complain about something. If you don't like it, well, you know, you change the dial. It's okay. Well, isn't that the truth? I mean, honestly, Patrick, that is exactly yes. right. No, you know, Rush Limbaugh, God rest his soul, is, you know, the pioneer of, of, you know, political talk radio. There were some people who came on before him who did it, but didn't do it anywhere like him. He was the master. And do you know how many liberals, the moment they turned on the radio and they heard his voice or they heard the familiar sound of uh, the pretenders there coming on uh, with his uh, 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 opening song, and yeah. they hear that and, oh, they cannot turn it off fast enough, which is their right. But did you know that that Rush Limbaugh, and he used to talk about this, mm-hmm. you know, he was on over 600 radio stations. He had 20 million listeners a week, mm-hmm. and the overwhelming majority of them 
were actually liberals or leftists or people who hated him because they wanted to hear what he and the other side was saying so that they could prepare whatever their response yes. was going to be. <laughs> and that's the beauty of free speech. You yeah. can, if you can't stand it, if you can't listen to it with an objective ear so that you know what you want to say back or, or something like that, you can just click, turn it off. You don't silence the person by saying, I want him off the air. You just, I'll turn it off myself. And that's the difference between then and now. The cancel culture of today says, if I turn on the radio and I hear that France guy, and he said, not to put myself on Rush Limbaugh's, I'm just understanding because I'm, I'm doing it now. If I don't like that France guy, instead of just turning it off and turning on a music station or something, they're going to call the radio station, find out who the advertisers are, and then petition the advertisers to drop the show so that they can get it off the air for everybody so nobody can hear it. That's cancel culture. That is, yes. an, that is, that is people, those are people who do not believe in free speech. They believe in silencing all dissent rather than let them say it, but I don't have to walk on. As you just said, you're mm -hmm. listening to the radio and you don't like what you hear, walk on. But no, they want to make sure that it's shut down so nobody else can hear it either. And that's yeah. why we fight for our First Amendment. Amen. Amen. I want to encourage people to join us at citizensforfreespeech.org. It's easy to do. Just go to our website and sign up. There's no cost to sign up. And we are a member-supported organization, as we said earlier. But we have lots of ways that we can, and resources that we can help you with to be successful in your own local community. And believe me, that's where civil discourse starts, is where you live. It's not in some place you've never been, maybe a state capital or something like that. It's not in a, in a national capital, maybe you've never been there either. Free speech and civic discourse starts where you live. That's where it needs to be practiced and perfected. And that's the that becomes, if you will, kind of the cauldron of everything else in society is from your local community. And don't forget every politician you ever complained about up above you, you know, that's got elected to this out of the other dog catcher or whatever it might be, Senator, Congressman, every person started out in a local community where you had a chance to get a hold of them and mold them perhaps and uh, build relationships with them. They came from somewhere and the next generation is going to be coming from the very same local communities they come from. That's right. And if you don't get control of that, we're just going to have more of the same forever until we just, uh, you know, incinerate ourselves in the big uh, trash can of the sky. You know, I, <laughs> I hope that never happens, but I mean, this is, this is where it's at. You've got to start where you live. We can help you do that. Come join us and make and it, when, make a difference. And when you learn to do that, by the way, you'll be amazed at the difference you can make on the next level and the next level. I can tell you here in Ohio where I'm located, there were some big time education uh, bills that were being considered in the Ohio State House in Columbus in this lame duck session right before the new General Assembly mm -hmm. takes over. And they had open they had open uh, testimony from uh, from the public and people who have learned how to speak and how to persuade, taken citizen ninja training, been a part of CFFS, started on the local level, got up behind those microphones in front of those legislators and had their say to let them know what they wanted to have happen with our schools and so forth. So it is so incredibly important to understand that what we teach you 
when you join CFFS and what you we can provide you with at the smallest local level level where you live, as Patches said, you can make an impact. You can make an impact on a community. You can make an impact on a whole state the way those people did over the last few days down at the state house. So we just want to make sure there's real world examples up there of what, what we're talking about. So join us at citizensforfreespeech.org. And don't forget, you can also do it easily by texting. CFFS 31 You'll get the registration link sent right back to you, and then you can be a part of saving the First Amendment. Thanks, everyone, for being a part. Have a great day. We'll see you next time.